0: How to fight keeping up with the Joneses. If you can master this, the world is your oyster. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring
1: order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy.
0: Hey, money guy family, it's your host, Brian Preston. Helping be you go beyond common sense to stretch that dollar in your back pocket as far as possible. Joined by Mr. Bo Hanson. Go check out the website, com, And you're missing out if you're not checking out our YouTube channel as well. And then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, all the other social media outlets. We are there to connect with you. Bo, this is an exciting
1: one. Yeah, I'm actually really pumped about this one,
0: too. Um... This is one, there's so many things out there that conventional wisdom has people thinking they're making the right decision. Right. But they don't realize how much that the 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 behavioral finance side of human nature is pushing them in the direction they don't need to go. In
1: the wrong direction. Exactly. Exactly. So so we're we're
0: going to help you on how do you create strategies? How do you have tools in your financial toolbox Mm -hmm. that helps you stay on track and not worry about what those joneses are doing we all hear about keeping up with the joneses who are these people and then what are some of the things that could be leading you astray on your mental mindset that you just need to have to kind of as a foundational knowledge and here's what i like when i was doing show prep because i wrote this show six months ago seven months ago it It just sat out there for months I don't know why Bo kept telling me he didn't like it.
1: Uh, well, come on now. Well, it's because it was awful, I and mean, they got a lot better. <laughs> so it's
0: gotten a lot better, and I put in some statistics that's gonna really help, I think, inoculate you to what's going on with these Joneses.
1: And this what I think is beautiful about this too is that everyone struggles with this. Now we might struggle with it in different ways, and so we're gonna talk about all, like there are really great savers out there who struggle with the Joneses, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, but I think this hits everyone, which was, makes it a super valuable show, I think.
0: And then I'm going to close out the show. We're going to do something. You know, we have this whole abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. This whole, we call it the abundance cycle where we just give you completely free information. We want you to come learn, start to implement and then have success. And then when you get to the point of you're so successful, you go, I need somebody. This, sure. this enterprise has gotten so big. I'd love to have somebody look over my shoulder, give me some guidance. So we have graduated where we get clients to take it to the next level. Sure. We're going to take this to a completely different level on today's show, at the closing part, we have a new giveaway. I mean, it really is free, and uh-huh. it's, it's only going to be free for a temporary period of time. So, so hang in there with us, because we have a giveaway that's going to be brand new that we're want you to go to moneyguy.com to, to sign up for. And you're going to like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, we've been in development of this for, for at least the last three months. So mm-hmm. moneyguy.com, let's kind of jump into this a little bit on what is driving a lot of this stuff that's going on mentally behind the scenes and, and and i don't know if it's if behaviorally or human nature is is that we're so competitive mm-hmm. that we worry about our resources as much as our peers then you know here's the human nature limitations i jotted down peer pressure
1: yeah, that's, that's a huge one. And again, that even starts at an early, early age. And I don't know that it ever goes away completely.
0: And, and here's one, here's some conventional wisdom that is awesome from a financial perspective, but you need to understand the ramifications of what this means in other aspects. How often do you hear in these articles? And this is true. This is actually good advice, but I want you to know that there is a, a dark side to it. Be the cheapest house on your street. Do yeah. you hear that? Buy yeah. the cheapest house in your lot. neighborhood. Yeah, and then, you know, so if you buy the cheapest house in your neighborhood, the, the thought process is if I own the cheapest house in the neighborhood, it's more likely as things appreciate, I'm going to get dragged up that's with right. them. Now, that's great. And that is actually true. It's good. And I love you buying the cheapest house and taking advantage of that great financial concept. Here's the part I want you to understand with the whole, where peer pressure comes into play with this is that if you are the poorest person in your neighborhood, your happiness factor will suffer. Sure. There have been studies on this that show that after you get past, I think the number was around $70,000, mm-hmm. that, that, there's, that there's not as much of an incremental increase in your happiness factor right. on income. What comes into play then is who is your peer group? That's who right. are you hanging out with and how wealthy are they? If you are the poorest person among the people you're hanging out with, You will have a more negative outlook. If you are the wealthiest person among your peer group, you're probably going to feel pretty good. You know, and everything's all relative. I bet if we, I mean, I will tell you, we have clients, multi, multi millionaires, deca millionaires. That's right. But, and we have clients that give advice to CEOs and others. And, and what's funny to me is that you look at these people, especially these deca millionaires, and you're like, man, what could they have to worry about? But if you talk to them when they're putting themselves relative to the CEOs that are getting compensation packages that might be hundreds of millions That's of right. dollars, all of a sudden
1: they tell you they're still poor. They're still trying to catch up. They're out. still, they're they, to get they, there, they feel yeah.
0: like that. So I want you to know wealth is relative to a certain degree. Once you cross a certain boundary, it becomes relative. So the group that you keep in your circle, will drive how you're happy so right. i will tell you and then we'll move on to the next thing i have on purpose because i found myself there was some construction things going on in my neck of the woods that I was like maybe we just need to move and get off this main street right and i started looking at houses and then it hit me i was like uh-uh if you keep swimming upstream you're going to need to buy more furniture That's right you're going to need to what type of car is that That's neighbor right. have? I mean, there's all kind of, and we're going to talk about the psychological side of that, but I, did, I have made it a concerted effort. I'm not swimming any further upstream. That's right. I mean, because I want to be, feel very comfortable among my peer groups,
1: right. if that makes sense. The other um, human nature limitation, FOMO. Fear of missing out. Oh, when, my goodness. I, we see this one, again, all the time. This is a huge one because we all feel that way. You know, we talk about all the time. How valuable and how important deferred gratification is, deferred gratification, deferred gratification. But in the back of our mind, we're thinking, but what about now? What about doing that thing that my next door neighbor, what, what about these other opportunities that I could be doing? And, uh, and, or so, investing like
0: what everybody, there's a reason, right. uh, and it's not as important now because people don't buy magazines like they used to, but, Kiplinger's and others used to have magazines. It'd be like, the best performing funds of 2017. And you know, you go, by, Ooh, got to go get those. That's right. That is the FOMO of feeling like you're missing out on those great investment opportunities. So just be mindful of that. And then the last one I'll put on here is be careful of being highly subjective to the consumer society influences. And we did a great show back in May of 2016. We probably ought to redo this one. Now that we have new visual mediums right. like so, like YouTube – we ought to go back and revisit the show because yeah. we have the three behavioral phenomenons that impact your finances. Right. And I'm here. Here's the cool thing about being Southern.
1: There's you, a lot of cool things about being Southern.
0: You don't have high expectations that I can pronounce big words. <laughs> I mean, and that's not a crack on being Southern. I actually like that people you know, kind of underestimate us. So, but I am going to slaughter these.
1: Let, these let words. me go ahead. And what that means is there are some big words that are coming, and Brian's getting himself a disclaimer if these don't come out just right. That's that's what's going on right now. The Diderot effect. That's it. You nailed it. That's perfect. Of course, I did. What is the Diderot effect?
0: It's um. It, it's really. it's it ties into what I just talked about with buying a new house. When you add a new possession, the chain reaction that can occur because of that behavior. For instance. You buy a new house, like I said, you're going to have to now go buy new furniture. That's right. Um, you buy a new outfit. You might need new shoes. That's exactly it, it, right. The Diderot effect means that because of your consumption, it creates a behavior of chain reaction of additional consumption that's that the, will occur. It's
1: the uh, isn't there an old adage? Toys beget toys. That toys begot more toys, toys for
0: sure. I mean, that's what if you're if you're trying to keep score based upon your toys, man. The human nature has an insatiable appetite. Right. I'll just tell you that. Don't find your fulfillment from your toys, because it's not going to work. Um, here's the one I guess I'm really making the disclaimer for. The Zagarnik effect. I think you did that one well, too. You nailed it. Perfect. So that's the psychological tendency to dwell on an uncompleted task rather than a completed one. Um, here's where this comes into play on just in the cliffhangers. When you think about watching TV, there's a reason... And I ought to do this more. I'm horrible at this. If we were, the show would be ten times bigger if I could get if this. you could do the cliffhanger, where because you're supposed to tease, and I guess I did it today, and I said, "Hey, come in by the. If you stay around to the end of the show, you got to get something really the free. Yeah. But that's why shows. You notice they always have a cliffhanger. They always leave you waiting and wondering what's going to happen next week. But where this impacts you on your finances is if you keep putting off doing your your estate documents, getting life insurance for your family. It's very likely you will have those moments where you wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh my God, you know, I didn't get this done. And that it does, it takes away from peace of mind. That's right. And then the last one I had here was the Pareto principle. That's it. And that's really the 80 20 rule. If you, if you haven't heard of the 80 20 rule, it just means that 80% of the stuff going on in most things, whether it's your clients, whether it's just life events going Mm -hmm. on, is noise. Twenty percent is the the meat that's right. that you ought to focus on and the things and I think that's a great segue into understanding let's focus on that twenty percent that we should focus on with keeping up with the Joneses.
1: And so if we're gonna talk about this Jones family, we ought to talk about who they are, right? Because let's let's assign some definition to what the Joneses are and what's most likely going on behind the scenes. And we're very fortunate. I I, I take sometimes I think well, everybody knows that. But I'm like, right. no, I know that
0: because I do this for a living. And people, it's like coming to your doctor. You know, a doctor probably thinks it's not unusual that they say, okay, put on this robe. Keep your underwear on, but put on this robe because I'm going to look for moles and right, other right. things when you get your annual physical. They think that's commonplace. But if you went to your next-door neighbor and they had a robe <laughs> waiting for you and said, hey, put this on and I'll be in in a minute, you'd be like, <laughs> what in the heck is my neighbor doing here? You know, but that's kind of what we ask people about financial <laughs> things constantly. So they, so we think it's kind of commonplace, but but because we we work with successful people, because we ask people a lot of things, we just kind of know that this right. is what's going on with people in their finances. So let's talk about perspective on who these Joneses are. The first thing is when you see people who are out there spending, and you go, I think I know what they make, and how can they afford that? I can't afford that. They very well could be broke. And just straight up faking. it. Yeah, yeah. I just want you to know this because look at these stats. These I want to give you some meat. I don't want this to be well. Just because Brian said it doesn't mean it's right. Let's give you some facts to to support this. Remember, we've mentioned that Go Banking Rates has a study that they do pretty much every year, and the most recent one shows
1: that sixty percent of Americans don't can't put their hands on a thousand dollars. They literally, if an emergency happened, there are not resources available to allow them. To hit a deductible, pay for an emergency room visit, fix the heater, replace the AC. That stuff doesn't exist.
0: Now I know you guys, this is one that you probably are thinking, Brian, that's ridiculous. Cause you guys, you're watching a personal finance show. You're not wired like everybody else. You got some of that financial mutant stuff going on. So you're probably thinking, I got a thousand bucks, but that, so you're part of that 40%, but there are a lot of people and you probably have them in your, you know, in your circle of, People you work with, relatives, members, and yeah. other things like that. But sixty percent of Americans have trouble coming up with a thousand dollars. Here's another one. We did a, our, our most recent big show was with Carter Thomas, mm-hmm. one of our associates here. We call him the kind of the credit card guru of knowing things. Carter had shared that the average level of credit card debt is sixteen thousand dollars. Wow. I mean, that's people who are not paying it off every month. If you base that off of average median income. If you were carrying $16,000 of credit card debt, you know, th- that's big. You're not paying it off. And here's the other thing I know. This guy right here is not carrying a balance on his credit card every nope. month. He's paying it off. I know I'm not carrying a balance. I pay it off every month. That means if you got people like us that are not carrying, Somebody's about. bringing the average. Somebody's up. got that average right. pushed up to sixteen thousand. That means right. sixteen might just be the tip of the iceberg. Yep. There might be a lot of people out there with thirty, forty thousand dollars of credit card debt. So
1: let's combine those two, right? So a number of folks don't have a thousand bucks to pull, and a lot of those same folks have, on average, sixteen thousand dollars of credit card debt. Yep. So that's it's just a compounding negative thing. And then what about and then, third? One?
0: And here's here's the thing. What is the what is the trophy? To show how well you're doing. Uh,
1: The thing that I feel like, and my wife and I talk about this all the time, uh, is an automobile. is a car. Somebody buys the new, the nice, the big, the fancy, the shiny car. And here's the first assumption that we always make, and I even fall victim to this. Anytime I see someone pull up in a brand new car, I say, oh, they must be doing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's this consumer
0: society we live in. Is that that is your car? Because, look. Your house is a big part of it, but most people don't actually come to your house. Right. I mean, you drive to work when you go to the Target or wherever, Target, <laughs> wherever you're going, people don't follow you back to your house. They don't know what your, your right. residential si- sure. situation is. But when you pull up, that's your calling card. That's, that's what it. the consumer society wants you to see. So that's led to the stats of at the end of 2016, the average car loan is $30,032 and that's just what they owe. Okay. That's the car loan. That doesn't mean the car is probably, because they had to put down something, with an average length of 68 months. 68 well, What months. I will tell you, I try to take this a step further for you guys, because I want to go deep with this stuff when we get into it. 68 months is over five years. Yeah. I mean, that's getting very close to six years. I want to know, do these people even drive these
1: cars that yeah. long? Yeah, I mean, because yeah.
0: that is a very vicious cycle. Because we all know depreciation loves the front end of car ownership. And
1: if you are someone who you have this five-plus-year auto loan, and you change out your cars more often than every five years, and you're never driving a paid-for car, let me just tell you from personal experience, they drive a whole lot better when they're paid for. So you really ought to consider seeing what that feels like.
0: So the first thing that could be going on with the Joneses that you're all worried about keeping up with is they might be faking it. it very the well
1: second be. thing, and I thought
0: I had some cool stats on this too, the second thing to be careful of and have perspective on when thinking about the Joneses, they may be getting outside help. Yeah. Yep. You know, um we hear about millionaire next door principle,
1: uh-huh.
0: economic outpatient care. This is when an adult is, well, a, a, a person is giving economic support to their adult children. That's right. And here's a stat that blew my mind. And this is dated as of December 11th of 2017. So this is only 4 months ago. Right. This are here's the headline from USA today. Nearly 75% of parents help their adult children financially. 70 that's wow. 3 out of 4 adult children right. are getting help from their parents yeah. still. That blows my mind. So one. when you're trying to keep up, because this is something, I, I think this really hit me in the 20s and 30s, because you find out later, because we do this for a living, mm-hmm. you find out that some of your peer group that are doing well, maybe they are getting that $15,000 $15, to $15,000 yeah. annual gift from a wealthy grandparent right. or their parents. You're never going to be able to keep up with that. So if you were trying to fake your life to keep up with somebody who's getting an annual gift of ten to $15,000, it could give you a bad perspective on what you're doing financially.
1: A small aside, maybe you're listening to this and you are one of those people who, uh, you know, you've been blessed where your parents or grandparents are gifting you assets. You should really ask yourself the question, what am I doing with that? Am I allowing my lifestyle to creep up or am I really capitalizing on this opportunity? So that's something to kind of think about, too. If you're asking yourself, am I the Joneses right now? I,
0: and I don't want this because, I, look, I'm a happy guy, so I don't like seeming negative, but I feel like one of the hard parts of our job is that we do have to get bad news mm-hmm. sometimes. One of the perspectives that I always tell people when I find out they're getting outside help and stuff, I say, are you a creator or are you a consumer? Mm-hmm. Because if you're one, and I'm always impressed with children, adult children, who have successful fa- parents who then take those level of assets to the and next level, something else, yeah. um, the, the Ted Turners and the others sure. that you hear about that, because that is something that I always ask people, are you a creator or are you a consumer? Because it is sad that the vicious cycle of wealth creation is, you know, we talk about this all the time, is that the majority of your millionaires out there are first generation.
1: They They built it, they created it
0: second and third generation kids and grandkids blow through it and then we recreate Cycle this process. So life. let's see if you know ask yourself am i doing something mm-hmm. to be a creator of additional wealth or am i just consuming the resources. Right. Um here's another thing about they may be getting outside help. It doesn't have to be just annual gifts. They might know your peers, your neighbors, your mm-hmm. friends. They might know hey mom and dad are doing okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna eventually get that money, so because they know they might have an inheritance waiting on them, they don't have to prioritize saving and building that army right. of dollar bills like you do. And here's a stat, let me give you a, a headline that I found for the article, because people thinking they're getting an inheritance. Sixty eight percent of young people expect an inheritance. Okay, so it's getting close to three quarters. Yep. But here's here's the here's the rest of the story, as as Paul Harvey would say. Yet only forty percent of their parents will leave one. So,
1: okay. So, to, when I hear that's even worse. that's, a compounding. Hear that, that's terrifying. I mean, it to is. Me. That's Cause awful. if I'm someone who's saying, you know what? Maybe I don't need to build up the 401k. Maybe I don't need to fund the Roth because I know maybe it's 10, 15, 20. I don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point in the future, I'm going to get an inheritance and that's going to be my retirement plan. And then you get there and that's, and, and what you thought was there isn't actually there. That's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying.
0: So I want you to think, have an, you know, just like we talk about financial independence, I want you to have an independence mentality mm-hmm. is that even if you come from successful parents, try to have that creator mindset that you are going to be self-sufficient right. or at least use the resources to continue to grow. And I think that that could really do some positive things. So we've heard the two things. We've heard we've got the people who are faking it That's right? on the Joneses. We got the people that are getting outside help. That's right. There's a third group of people that I wrote down in the show notes. Okay. It was those that are just assuming, you know what? It's all going to work out.
1: I, I, I want to say it's not really free spirits, but it kind of is that free spirit. I'm just not no worried plan. about it. You know, I'm, I got retirement and that's just way out there. That's in the future. I have time to figure all that out. Living for the day. I that's mean, right. and there
0: are people I've had conversations where I've talked to people and I said, Hey, you know, why don't you get in the habit of just just a little bit. I mean, let's just start the process of saving $25 a month or $50 a month. You heard me do the show for my 14 year old. I mean, if you can get a teenager to start saving money, why can't you get somebody who's out there in the workforce doing it? But there are people who say, Brian, why would I do that? Why would I put off? I might not be here two years from now. I've actually had this answer given to me is, Brian, I don't even know if I'm going to be here five sure. years from now. So I'm going to enjoy this money right now. So they have no plan. They're, they're living more of, Letting life happen to them right. than being the lead actor. They're more of a support character than actually taking a lead role right. in their financial life. And, and usually these are the people, because what is the first thing when you see all these surveys of 60 year olds, 70 year olds, that one of the first things they tell you in all these surveys of these older, older people is that I wish I'd have started sooner. Yep. You always hear that. I wish I'd have started sooner because they, you know, that person that's living for the day, living for the short term. When they get older, because more than likely the statistics show we, we live to a ripe old age, right. you have a lot of regret because yeah. we're going to hear in a minute that if you can just let that money work for you, that army of dollar bills, getting it to work as soon as possible, much more successes in your future.
1: And so, if you are someone listening to this, and and you happen to be younger, and I'm going to classify younger as if you're. 40 to 45 years yep. old or under, right, if you kind of fall into that realm, uh, things are changing that are a little outside of your control where maybe for your parents and grandparents there were some backstops that might have been there that might not necessarily be there for you. And The two big ones that we're talking about are, one, Social Security, yep. which used to be the majority of someone's retirement savings, and then also you used to go work for a company for 20, 30, 40 yep. years, and then you get a pension both of those things may not be there for you when you they're get there. Are,
0: they're on shaky ground, right. no, no doubt. So here's the thing. We just went through what could be creating. What is creating this mindset of keeping up with the Joneses and how can they people that you're looking at and you know what you think they make mm-hmm. and you see the lifestyle, you see them by the cars, the boats, the big house, and you go, how in the world can we going to do it? We just gave you the three ways. And I can tell you this. It is so liberating when you realize You know what? I can't control their behavior and there might be something that I'm not aware of that's actually enabling and making that behavior. Why don't I quit wasting all that energy and focus on what I can control? And that's, that's very liberating. I find that so liberating. And that's where I want to now pivot the show on where do you take your mindset? Where do you take your financial behavior so that you control the things that actually make an impact? That's right. So we want to give you the tools to know, okay, What's the steps to inoculate myself and also get on the path of making this thing work for me? So here's the first thing we have. Take an inventory of your goals and obligations.
1: I think this is huge, and I think this is missed often. And every time we do a vision planning show, which you can go check out if you want to, the first step is always you kind of have to list out what are you ultimately working towards? What are the things that are important to you? What are the things you place value on? How often do we see people who don't take that step, and they kind of just feel like they're floating out there with no real direction?
0: In school, I always got um the – I had a few behavioral things for talking too much. But the other thing was – I, I was Brian
1: a, Preston talking. I too was much. a talker.
0: But um I was a daydreamer too. I had some – I think it's the attention deficit and other issues yeah, sure. that I have. But I was – and I always tell people – it and you've heard me say this on the podcast a gazillion times – a dream is not a plan until it's written down. That's right. And so don't be that daydreamer that's getting the the disciplinary notes you know sent home to the parents, because there's no parents to say when you're an adult making <laughs> this is just your financial empire never gets built. So so make sure you're taking inventory
1: of what you need. So here's the things you need to think about. When do you plan to retire? Yeah. And by the way, retirement today is not what retirement maybe fifty years ago yeah. meant. This doesn't mean, hey, when do I want to just stop and go sit on the beach and sit my ties? We find, from all the folks we work with, most folks don't have that vision. But it's, when do I want to have the option and ability to do the things I want to do, when I want to do them, the way I want to do them?
0: That's right. Financial independence. That's it. So funding sources, Bo, you kind of hit on the fact that pensions, social securities, we we need to be thinking about these things. All these ways that in the past funded your retirement might be on shaky ground. I mean, pensions have gone the way, they're extinct almost like a dinosaur would be. Um, you know, social security is a favorite political tool because it's, it's constantly on shaky ground as we have this upside down demographic, you know, shift of people Budget, are yeah. aging and other things. So that means it's all up to you. So that puts the really a lot of pressure on your army of dollar bills to take this financial responsibility to have that independence mindset as soon as possible. Right. So, and then let's think about this because here's the thing about life. It happens. It definitely happens and it comes at you out of left field on a Tuesday or whatever. I mean, you don't, you cannot, no matter how good your plan is, there's still things that could happen. Now, the things you can control was take into account things that might need to be planned for, like educational goals for your kids. If you want to help them out with their finances, you know, for going to college and, and, and learning and becoming educated, you can do that. But there's also special circumstances, you know. What if this is Autism Awareness Month? That's right. And you all know I'm very passionate about this. We did a charitable giving show recently where we talked about, you know, I even moved my whole family to a different state so that my autistic daughter could go to a school. Life happens. This thing from a financial perspective is outrageously expensive, but you know what you do as a parent? You suck it up and you take care of it and deal with it, but you need to build that stuff into your financial plan.
1: And the fact that we know there are things that are going to happen makes it all that much more important that we do think about those things that probably will happen. And Brian, you already said this, college planning, buying that next car. If you know that you're going to need a car in three to four years, maybe it makes sense to start saving for that now instead of one weekend just deciding, oh, let me go get a new car. I think that's a lot of the reason why these auto loans ballooned at 68 months. It's just poor planning.
0: So if you have financial obligations that need to be planned for, go ahead and make sure that that's documented somewhere. And take inventory of those goals and obligations. And that leads us to number two is is don't fake success by borrowing against your Mm -hmm. future. I mean, it is so... I mean, it ties into that whole keeping up with the Joneses because this is the crux of the matter is that there's some basic benchmarks that you can put in your back pocket and use these things to insulate yourself from it. The first one is your housing all-in cost should be less than 25% of your income. I'm sorry, say that again? 25% of your income.
1: So if I want to know, am I living with them? I mean, I need to add up the cost of my... That's not know, what
0: your mortgage company's telling you, by the way.
1: No, that is not what your... <laughs> That's not what your real estate <laughs> agent is telling you If you go to the bank and ask them how much you can afford, yep. they're going to give you a different number. But you go look at the amount of your mortgage, your principal, your interest, your taxes, or maybe your rent, possibly you throw in your utilities. <laughs> all, the, all the carry on your housing... And it should fall below 25% of your gross monthly take. That's
0: the ideal. Now, I will, I will, I do want to give a, a little bit of a, a, an out for my 20 year, 20 people in their 20s, people sure. in their 30s. I mean, hopefully you are on a career path or you've made some decisions where you're on an upward sure. trajectory. And if you're in an upward trajectory, you know what's going to happen over the next three to five years in your life. And there's nothing wrong with you working towards where you know you're going to be. Just don't get so far out above your skis that you get yourself in trouble with the whole thing and where you're faking. That's, That's right. the key part. Don't fake the success. Don't buy the house for the 45-year-old version of yourself when there's, you know, you're not going to make those financial uh incomes or ability to pay these things for another twenty years. Right. Um so housing all in should be less than twenty-five percent of income. This one's gonna blow up that stat I said on automobiles. I like you to structure your automobiles where you can have them paid off in three years.
1: Oh, well, Brian, okay, so I'm a listener. I hear that, but I'm really good at math and I understand how money works. You, you you're not thinking about something here, but what if, what if the auto company is gonna let me borrow money at like .9 or 1.9 or 2.9. Surely then I should stretch it as far as I can and go out seven years, right? There's nothing. Now, for,
0: fortunately, unfortunately, those deals are starting to disappear as interest rates are going up. But I have told people in the past, because we, who knows, maybe we'll be in another low interest rate environment again. Um, I, I have no problem if you, if there's no difference in a 48 month loan versus a 36 or a 60 month versus a four, a 36. Take the longer term. However, I want you to have the car paid off in three years. I like you. You can take the longer term because maybe around Christmas or maybe around there's periods of your time where your income, if you're a commission salesman or something like that, where income's just not level. It might have some fluctuations. It's okay to have a little flexibility on sure. the payment. But I want you to have an internal mindset. I'm going to have this car paid off within three years. Because let's face it, really you should be buying depreciating assets with cash. That's right. But I'm realistic and understanding is that there's incentives and other things that it it, it can, you you don't have to do an absolute strategy on that, but you do need to have some backstops to make sure you don't get yourself in trouble. And then here's the last one because this is an absolute. Credit cards need to be paid off monthly. That's right. If you can't pay your credit cards off monthly, you might need to put yourself in that stricter debt free management system where you freeze the credit
1: cards. Now look life happens. There's a big medical bill, there's something mm-hmm. in the house and maybe you do have to go put something on credit cards to to bridge the gap. Make it a goal to get those things knocked out. Or maybe you haven't been responsible, get them knocked out and create that habit of getting them paid off every
0: You'll time. know. I mean you I think people we all know ourselves better than we like to admit. If you know that debt's a struggle you might have to take a much more drastic behavior with right. consumer debt and credit cards. Um I don't ever I'm one of those people I take a more balanced approach. I don't say that you should never have a credit card because I think there's a lot of responsible people sure. I fall in that category. It's just not a problem for me to avoid debt, but if there are people that do struggle and I think mm-hmm. a great deal of the population does based upon that average of 16,000 if you fall in that category, stay the heck away from credit cards. Yep. Yep. Um, the other thing, I, so after you understand these benchmarks, these mm-hmm. basic benchmarks, let's talk about the vision plan for success. We've done whole episodes on vision planning, but this is primarily talking about how you insulate yourself from the Joneses. So your best financial life begins with you starting, you say this, and this is the, the, the seven habits of highly that's effective right. people. The right. Covey, you know, is... Mm-hmm. Start with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. That's right. I mean, so that's what's going to help you. And I say this is something I haven't done as much. I did this while I was on the trail to success early on, is I used to create cues or rewards for success because, and and I like that because it kept me on track. You know, when you're deferring some type of gratification, because let's face it, well, you don't get to buy the fancy car in your twenties and thirties because you don't get to you don't get the you don't get that cool factor of pulling up to your buddies and going, "Man, look, look at, at me!" This. Yeah. So let's see. Is there some coping things you can do that maybe aren't as expensive as a new car, but you could still do? There's nothing wrong if you want to put in some strategies to where you know maybe there's a vacation after you cross making six figures, yeah. or maybe you cross when your portfolio reaches six figures, mm-hmm. or your your portfolio reaches a quarter of a million dollars. Why not go on a vacation to create something? I mean, I will tell you, that's something we are doing here at the office as a firm, as we have continued to grow. We've created some team incentives where we're just going to take the whole firm and and do a team building because I want everybody to stay on point and stay on focus. It's the same reason we do a matching for charitable contributions. I want people, there's nothing wrong with prioritizing behavior and incentivizing behavior that you want to encourage. So so make sure you think about those things. Nothing wrong with creating visual cues to reward and encourage habits and discipline. Um, we had also talked about the, the the begin, a begin the process with the end in mind. The begin means you've grasped the concept of creating a plan. Um, I was at my daughter's spring break, you know, Here's the thing, y'all know anybody who's parents, you know why they do these spring plays. I'm probably I don't I'm either going to get laughter or people are going to be mad at me. All
1: right, so I haven't gotten to spring plays yet in my children's lives, so I'll please spread spread. Some when you have your
0: kids me. in school, you'll notice the day before all like Thanksgiving, Christmas, or spring, right before the big breaks. Somehow they have you come get your kids around lunchtime. Okay. You know, and then they take a day off early because they all want to go on spring break too, or they all want to go home for Christmas. So the, the way they get all the parents to come is they have the kids sing for a little bit. Remember, I have a, oh, a second okay, grader, yeah. autistic daughter. And, um, so we had her spring thing recently and they were doing the three little pigs. Okay. And it, do you remember what is the, what is the educational concept of the three little pigs?
1: Well, you know, it was the one who built the house on, uh, uh-huh. Uh, or with straw. Yeah. And then one built. Oh my gosh, I do not remember the story. One built the house with straw. One built it with something else. It wasn't like sticks good. wood. Yeah, and then one actually built it with. Was it bricks? Did pigs? Brick, brick. Was it bricks? Man, you, you have young kids. I know. Are so, you reading? No, we're five little piggies right now. We're on the toes. <laughs> we haven't we haven't gotten to the actual story of the pigs yet. So the foundation, you're correct. There's a big
0: bad wolf <laughs> who's going to huff and puff and blow these houses down. And it's right. The first one is built with straw. so Because yeah, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy to build with That's straw. Right. You know, wood is next easiest up the scale. But then
1: brick. It takes some masonry there.
0: You can't. You. It's hard to blow down a brick structure. So the wolf huffs and puffs but he can't blow it down well it's the same thing what is the building material what is the foundation of your financial life i hate that i had to bring back a nursery rhyme, but i think it is there's a reason we're reading this stuff to our kids is are you building that foundation that teachable concept yep. for your personal finances so let's talk about that let's actually what does that mean when i say are you doing your foundation first $1,000. you have a $1,000? Can you get yourself out of that 60% of Americans that can't come up with $1,000? And if the answer is yes, if you're squarely in that 40%, are we evolving that to where we have three to
1: six months of cash reserves? Right. Next, are we slaying our monthly budget? Or maybe if you're someone past budgeting, do you have a cash management plan yeah. in place? You know, because
0: that's what we want you... When you're younger, when you're getting an understanding of how personal finances work, you probably do need a budget. You need something to keep the guardrails up yep. so that you don't stray on the lines. Right. It's like having a pencil with an eraser versus doing the plan with a yep. pen. So. So make sure you're slaying that monthly budget, not becoming a debt zombie. We did a whole show on that. I mean, it really is true. I mean, I like, and I'm giving you these terms in, in ways I want you to get a visual of people who are dragging one leg behind them, their skin's starting to decay because they have so much weight from this debt that it is making them actual zombies. So if you haven't heard I'm, that I'm one, doing it's the parking debt. Go check it out. Um, and then lastly, are the army of dollar bills on the path to becoming an overwhelming force? Um, Bo I I thought this is how nerdy. Y'all y'all really think that this is an act. I told you that I bought a brand new financial calculator app on my phone.
1: You did, and I've heard all about it for the last so 48 hours. Here's
0: what's cool about this financial calculator app that I, I downloaded. I don't want to go get brands because it's just one I found on the App Store, you know, I have an Apple iPhone. Is that in addition to being a cool financial calculator, with a click of a button it lets me pull up full amortization charts. So you can really see, and one of the coolest things about amortization charts is that you get to see the breakdown of how much is principal, how much is interest when you're doing you know, time value of money calculations. I love seeing an overwhelming force is that when you see your money growing upon itself, it's powerful. Yeah. And that's what I'm telling you. If you can go ahead and have that army of dollar bills, and that, what I mean by that, if you're a young person, you go, what does that mean to get get, get this thing mm-hmm. working? I want you to really start having a mindset of saving 15 to 20 to 25% yep. of your gross income. Now, a lot of you, when you're in your 20s, I get it. You're like 15 to 20%. I'm barely, ha- I'm having a hard time putting groceries on. Right. Don't, don't let that, th- don't let that put you down. Start off with 3%. Do your employer match. Right. But then I want you to get addicted to the behavior that maybe your 3% turns into after your next pay raise. 5 to 6%. Mm-hmm. But then maybe after your next pay raise, it's up to 10%. Right. You can aspire to have 15 to 25%. The 15 is kind of a basic. That's right. It used to be 10, just if y'all wanted a history lesson. It used to be 10 when we all had pensions. Nobody has pensions anymore, so that kicked it up to 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to become that hyper accumulator that's really building the empire, that's why we put the 25%. Right. I put that in there to be aspirational on purpose. So plans can also be the first step On changing the way your brain processes this world that we live in. Remember, you have forces all around you that are telling you, consume, go ahead, do it. This is the way you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have a new car. You're supposed to go do do this bigger house. You're supposed to go buy your furniture and not pay for it for ten years by paying ten dollars a you know every six months or something. I
1: mean, these are the commercials. Uh that are being thrown on us all the time. If you have that plan in place, it can shift that mindset. It
0: does, and, and here's why I want you to have that mindset. And I want you to think about the way our brain works is that you're trying to create... Habits don't happen overnight. Habits take, was it, 66 days? Something, I know people yeah. think it's like... 14, it used to be 27, 20, 20. it's not. I think it's like 90 it's, uh, You want to just put, have a mindset that somewhere between 60 to 100 times of doing a behavior before it becomes a habit. What is happening when you first go down a new behavior? Think about it going down a path in the woods. Mm-hmm. There's probably thorns. There's right. going to be logs in the path. But as you keep doing the process, it becomes more well-worn. That's right. That's exactly what's going on with your brain. You're creating a path that is becoming more well-worn and becomes a habit. And once you have that habit, it is creating those behaviors that's going to reward you and become into that empire mindset. That's right. And that's what I know that you guys... But here's the thing, and we talked about this, Bo, is that so many of our clients come to us, and they are savers, they're builders. We have to almost help them unbuild their savers mentality.
1: That's it, because you, cause you spend an entire career, an entire lifetime doing it, getting there, building it is hard to flip that switch, and so uh, this cuts both ways. But it's a, you have you can't flip the switch until it's the right time to flip the switch. So a lot of you are
0: probably sitting out there in the audience. Go, this is good. Brian has given me some things to work on, but I feel like you know this is where historically I would end the show right now. I tell you, thank you, but I want to take it a step further. This is where the, this abundance cycle is going to another gear. We're we're putting it in high gear. Um, putting some nos on it. You know, think about it. Nos, if you're nice. if you're a tuner. Oh yeah, I'm um, familiar. I want to introduce the thirty minute ish financial plan.
1: Oh well, Brian, we've done this show. We've before. done this show. We're we about we've to do another podcast right now. We've done
0: a show. We've done the show on the thirty minute financial plan, but have we ever created it structured in a way where it has some worksheets, it has templates, where it has accountability? No, we have not. We this have is that we are. Talking about blazing, well, I mean, we're knocking thorns. I basically have a machete <laughs> creating a path. You're moving the logs because you're a little stronger than me, well, but we are trying to create the behaviors It's going to make that well-worn path that builds an empire in your life. So, here's, here's the scoop on this thing, guys. I want you to go to moneyguy.com and then I want you to understand also this is a limited time offer. We have not figured out how long we're going to make this thing because this is the br- first time we've ever done it. We want to get our audience's input on how we can improve this thing. Plus, we want to know what are things that you want to learn. So we're making it free for a limited period of time. So all you have to do is go to moneyguy.com. You're like, oh, God, what's he selling me? Remember, Abundance Cycle is not selling anything because we just want you to come, learn, grow, and then have success. And at some point the success will get to a level where the enterprise needs a professional opinion. Right. That's the only thing we ask is that when you remember who helped you plant the seed to the great live oak of your finances, it was us. That's it. So, I mean, that's why this thing is brilliant is that you're going to be able to, to grow together. So here's what you're going to get from this, this 30-minute financial plan. Let's kind of go through this. Um, I want you to have the basics of setting up your financial plan and how to start training your brain to have a long-term mindset. That long-term mindset is more powerful than most people realize. How to apply the best financial planning principles to your personal finances to put your army of dollar bills to work ASAP, Mm -hmm. so we're going to help get on that type of plan, and how to reach financial independence and live that financial life that you have dreamed of. Everybody's dreamed of, but very few people have actually created the plan and the steps to make it actually become a reality. Um, and this is, as I've already told you, this ties it all to the money guy and the abound wealth abundance cycle that we've created where we, information wants to be free. It doesn't cost us anything extra for you to go download this cool, you know, strategy is essentially it's a it's a it's an ebook. It's an Let's e-book, just say it's yeah. an ebook. It's a that course we're also it's a course in the fact that we're going to send you reminder emails of concepts you should be working on for I think six weeks. I think we'd set it up for, yeah. for six weeks, just to kind of give you nudges to keep that behavior going. And then we're hopefully going to see you grow into the financial life that you really want. Now this is the inaugural journey our offering. So we need your feedback. That's the catch, I guess, if you say what's the catch. After you go through this, I want you to give us some feedback. Yep. We want to know how, can we improve it? Are there things that we need to focus on even more so? I mean, you guys, what I can't, we've been doing this. We're in our 13th year of doing the, the Money Guy show. We have improved so many processes off of you guys. That's you right. have given us feedback. I can sit, I really do call you the Money Guy family for a reason is that I think we can all learn off each other. So since this is, you're new and you're ground floor on this, we're giving it to you for That's free, right. but our ask is tell us how we make it even better after you make it through the process
1: so if you're listening to this who does who does this make sense for if you're listening right now am i a candidate for this 30ish minute financial plan if you're someone just starting out on your financial journey this is a great fit for you to get your step- it's going to be a hook up. Yep. if you've been on your financial journey for 10 or 15 years and you're starting to build assets but you want to make sure that all of the i's are dotted and all of the t's are crossed this is a great fit for you. If you're someone who's built up some pretty substantial wealth at this point and you're trying to determine, well, is it time for me to take it to the next level? Do I need to kind of graduate there? Uh, this is a great fit for because you. Because
0: let you know if you have the basics covered. And
1: if you're someone who you are close to financial independence, but you're a do-it-yourselfer and you just, you know, you're never going to hire somebody, but you want some resources and some templates and some things to help you, it's a great fit for you. So if you have a pulse... This 30-minute financial plan free. is right for you. So I think that's a good way. Remember, I said we would have ended this
0: show a few minutes ago without giving you actual tools. Now we've actually created an ebook that is going to be your tools. And this is going to be something – if you find value in this, I want you to immediately go share. After you look at it and you see the offering, share it with your relatives. Mm-hmm. Share it with your friends. Because we do want to spread the good news of good financial management – that's why I love the abundance cycle. The more good stuff we do for you guys, it seems like the more reward and the bigger this thing keeps growing. That's right. So let me brag on the show a little bit. You know, we started doing this show 13 years ago, right? right? And <laughs> this thing was pretty rough in the beginning and uh-huh. we've gotten better and better. And it started off as a podcast. That's right. And we built a, a pretty good. Fo- I mean, industry wide, we're considered you know one of the better podcasts out there. We get a lot of recognition recognition of on that. Before. And y'all know that w- we're hitting all time highs. I will tell you guys, we're hitting all time highs on our, our monthly downloads and views. But here's a phenomenon that I, I think is truly incredible, and I want to thank you guys for it. Is that we started this YouTube channel less than six months ago, and I gotta tell you, it's amazing to me that within six months, we have an audience now on YouTube. It took it's us years to that, create. It took us 13 the, years yeah. to get this audience on the podcast. It's two thirds the size yeah. of what we have on the podcast already on YouTube. So you guys, it, from a connection standpoint, what I always like to visualize, and it gives me goosebumps, it gets me worked up just to think about it is that if i get the visual of what you guys all look like who consume this on a monthly basis i mean we're we're selling out stadiums that's right yeah i mean it, it, actually we'd have to do multiple shows yeah. and and that, that that blows my mind that you guys keep coming back and you keep and hopefully you can sense we just try to give it away. Mm-hmm. I know that everybody in this financial field you worry what's the angle, yeah. what's the catch, and look we have motivations, no doubt. We we love connecting with clients all over the country, but this is an educational platform. Yeah. We did this with the purpose originally of helping people who didn't qualify to work with a financial That's advisor, right. and then it's turned into where it allows us to not only educate and create that abundance right. cycle where people could learn, apply, grow, and then hopefully reach a level of success that they want. So it's evolved over time. But still, the crux of the purpose of why we even started this was to become an educational platform, and it's so fulfilling. Yep. I mean, I still am that kid. You know, I used to, as I said earlier in the show, I, had, I was the kid that got the behavioral notes sent home for daydreaming and thinking about things Now I still get to daydream when I'm driving to work in the morning, or whatever. But now I'm daydreaming about what's tools, what's things that we can use with the Money Guy family and the Abound family to help you guys become better with your finances. And that's why this 30 minute-ish financial plan is the first of this abundance cycle of additional things we're going to give you. When you say Um, Brian
1: that this started as it was started as a passion project, for sure. And now it's turned into a purpose project, right? It kind of gives you, I mean, you're able to focus more time, more attention, more energy, more effort on this thing that used to be a side thing that now is kind of like a a headline main thing.
0: And you guys are so good. When I I mean, when we see you, we've had a few public moments, Mm -hmm. and then we've also, when we go to conferences and speak and things like that, you guys are always so good to us. But I want you to know that this is still, even though we've been doing it for 13 years, I still feel like we got this so much. This is still yeah. the beginning and we're going to continue to expand upon this whole giving strategy right. that we have. You'll probably notice Bo has something pretty unique right in front of him. In addition to our brand new ebook, go to moneyguy.com to check it out. You're going to see we have these 20 ounce tumblers that
1: are laser. I feel like I always do it. Zoom, 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 you know, laser etched. No, but okay, give them the disclaimer, right? The why the, there's a reason this doesn't work well for you.
0: Oh, <laughs> guys! <laughs> everything always turns out to be on the on the rear end of the joke. <laughs> is that I got this for my coffee because I realized I drive to work every day and I make a cup of coffee on my way in, and it's the same cup that my employer gave me right out of college. Right. So this tumbler is over twenty years old. And I was like, man, this is a great thing that this employer gave me. My first employer, right. my first job, that I'm still using this thing twenty years later. What? What if I could create this for our listeners? Yeah. So I said we're going to get these tumblers, and I made my first cup of coffee, and I was like, "This is going to be outstanding." And then I drank, took a drink, and I burned my mouth because <laughs> the problem with these things, when you you know how these these tumblers work, is that they're they vacuum sealed. Yeah. They don't they don't let ice melt and they don't let things cool. It so kept your coffee too hot. If you're a wimp like me, you can't use it for coffee. Now I've t- I've turned it into I'm going to keep using my 20 year old coffee mug. <laughs> And I'm going to use it for ice water. But some people like hot coffee all the time. Yeah, if you prefer time.
1: your coffee hot, then you are going to get it. And so uh, what would you say, Brian? It, if you're someone who wants one of these, go out there. Give us your email address. We're going to find ways to get these in case. We're not hands. selling
0: them. I don't want to sell them because everybody can get tumblers. Right. But it is going to be a way we're going to use this as something that we can connect with our audience as, as giveaways. That's so, right. So that's a, once again, it's part of the abundance cycle is it's free. Um, big thing is that this is a new chapter is that we're going to create educational tools. In addition to giving you audio and visual, we're going to give you actual tools with these ebooks and other things that you can do, use to implement your financial life and just right. make it go beyond common sense that much further and put those army of a dollar bills working. So thank you. Thank you. Please contact us, you know, on the Money Guy or Bound website and go to the the Contact Us page. We love hearing from sure. you. Um, and we'll, you know, I'm going to be here in less than a week again, cause we love bringing you content now, not just every other week we're weekly. And if you go to YouTube, we're coming out with content three times a That's week. Right. So you got to go check this stuff out. MoneyGuy.com, as well as connect with us out there on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We love our audience and, um, we just want you to take advantage of all this great stuff that we're putting out there. I'm your host, Brian Preston. The money guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice.